0: Hey, thank you so much for joining into this episode of the Death to Vanilla podcast. On this episode, we talk to people in the marketing industry and really any other industry where they bring valuable information on how you can help the people that you're marketing for succeed so they get noticed instead of ignored. Today's episode is with a guest named Meredith, and she talks a lot about Well, she has a blog called The Other Half and really just talking about showing up authentically when you're on social media. And honestly, this is so great because you and I both know someone who's gone on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok and shared something a little too personal, a little too intimate, and it comes off as weird and uncomfortable. And you've also known people who show up online and it's just like social media is just a billboard and they just don't really share anything interesting. And so uh, we really try to discuss on how to bridge the gap on that. How can you show up authentically without oversharing on social media? And this is so important for any of you in a business. Um, Being able to share authentically is how you begin to build relationships at scale online. And so it's really important to try to figure out what works best for you and for the companies that you're working for. Um... As always, you know, any review that you guys give us is super helpful. We love those five star reviews. That way, we can show up and the guests that are on our show, as well as the information that we're trying to provide, actually get seen because then the algorithm at Apple sees that people are enjoying the show and show it to more people. And we really appreciate that as well as our guests. And so, uh, if you know, of course, if you're looking for content marketing or strategy, absolutely head over to our website www.burkhartcreativeagency.com and uh, we can have, uh, we have lots of blog posts, articles and helpful videos to help you succeed in your marketing. And so without further ado, let's jump into this episode of the Death to Miller podcast with Meredith. No I just want to live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. Me and my dons ain't mobsters, but you know when you see imposters.
1: We know how to read them faces, same way you know how to read them comments. If you want to talk, let's talk. But right here,
0: make sure you walk and your talk is constant. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to another Death to Vanilla podcast. Uh, we talk about uh, content marketing and strategy and basically just doing marketing things that help you stand out so you get noticed instead of get ignored because people can't do business with uh, a business that they don't know about. And so uh, you gotta have attention, right? And so I'm super excited because we've been talking a lot about relationship building in the podcast. We talk a lot about doing like bold marketing and doing cool new things. Um, But uh, Meredith Boggs, who's our guest today is incredible. And she uh, has a podcast, it's a podcast, right? The other half, or is it a blog and a podcast?
2: Yeah, it started out as a blog and now it's a podcast as well, so. Perfect.
0: Cause then you can transcribe the podcast and then you just have more content. Right. It's amazing. <laughs> um, and so she talks about the other half, which is basically like the, the, uh, and you can, you can deep dive into it, but it's the other half of life that you don't see on social media. That is still the very real part of different people's lives. And so I'm excited to talk with her because I think what we'll dive into is a little bit about having authenticity. And I think authenticity is a way to stand out as well. Not everything has to be firework shows. Um, you can be you can stand out just by being an authentic voice inside of an industry. So anyways, so without further ado, Meredith, if you could introduce uh, yourself and just talk a little bit about um, what the other half blog is all about and uh, kind of where your passion started with that.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so I yeah, a little bit about me. I'm a born and raised Nashville girl. I. Um, live here in nashville still with my husband um we are high school sweethearts and we just had our first baby four months ago at the time of this recording so jack who um he didn't he decided he didn't want to take a nap this afternoon so he's just hanging out here with us um but so my um so my background i actually graduated with a nursing degree and have practiced as a nurse for the last 10 years and um have kind of that's kind of looked a little bit different evolved somewhat but I always knew that I always loved to write and kind of knew that like somewhere down the road, I would write a few books and I don't know, it would, it would, it would be part of my life in some way. And so I had a, I had a blog in college. I started one and just kind of like, you know, just, just a little Tumblr blog that I would post on infrequently. And then probably about six years ago, it was actually while we were living overseas, um we were living we were living in china so literally on the other side of the world from it was a 14 hour time difference from all of our family back here so um and we worked a lot i mean we would put in like 60 to 80 hour work weeks we were working um for a nonprofit that provided medical and surgical care for orphan children so we worked a ton but then when we weren't working there really wasn't um there wasn't a ton like we couldn't leave the hospital and go wander that far because the kids we took care of were pretty sick so in my, like, in my free time, I just took a deep dive. I rebranded, relaunched my blog, um, and just was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start pursuing this dream of getting published and, um, and really writing more, uh, more intentionally. So that was when, um, that's kind of when I feel like I really actually started blogging was about six years ago. And then the podcast, yeah. So the, the blog, um, it kind of. A lot of what I've I've written a lot about marriage. I've written a lot just about personal growth, faith, um, kind of a, a lot of different topics. But I think I would say that the like the underpinning of it all is trying to highlight just just talk about the other half of life that doesn't make the highlight real.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: With the you know with with social media, people that remember life before it, it was just kind of like you just lived your life, and now that there's social media, there's such a different. Uh, the world is so different and you only see the highlights of people's life. You don't actually see the everyday, just the everyday stuff, the ordinary, the mundane, the boring, or even the, the hard things, things that are not, you know, not so bright and shiny. And, um, and it kind of makes you, it it just becomes, yeah, it's just this highlight real culture that we're just, we're constantly being um, impressed. You know, it's just, we're constantly seeing it and that kind of becomes ingrained in our beliefs of that. This is, oh, this is other people's normal life or real life. And it's like, it is part of life, but that's only half of it. And so, um, yeah, so the blog really just kind of tried to, you know, you know, turn over that stone and say, there's actually, there's actually something else here. And so, and then the podcast was born out of that. Um it was one of those things that I love podcasts, love listening to them and people were like, "Oh yeah, you should do a podcast." And I was like, "No, no, no, I don't have time for that. I don't want to do that." And then finally my husband was like, "We should do it together." And I was like, "Fine, but you have to do all the work." And so he was good. He was good. <laughs> so we uh we launched the Other Half podcast a couple years back and we co-host that together. He is my husband Justin. He is an entrepreneur um and he is also, uh, trained in the Enneagram. So we, we talk a lot about the Enneagram on the podcast and, um, a lot about relationships, marriage, entrepreneurship, but yeah, just kind of, kind of talking about that other, the other half that doesn't always you know make the highlight reel. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of the backstory on that. And, um, and just kind of what that's all about.
0: Cool. I just realized that in all our times of talking, um, i don't know what number you are and so i just want to make a little guess oh yeah you are one
1: no but
2: that's really funny because i originally when i first was introduced to the enneagram i tested as a one um Mm. and i think that i have a lot of one one characteristics um my older sister is a one i don't know what my mom is but she's got a lot of one one tendencies um And I, so when I was first introduced to the Enneagram, it was, um, I was in high school and I was in counseling for an eating disorder. So all of my behaviors were very in line with the one and that's mm. what I took it as. But then my therapist gave me a book and she's like, here, read about all the types. And after reading it and after going, diving into it in counseling sessions, it was like, Oh no, you are very much an eight. Um, and all of my motivations and all, everything is, is very aligned with an eight. Um, but I do notice in seasons of transition and stress that I will definitely like I can get kind of rigid about things and pretty perfectionistic um and right so, yeah so and that's funny that that's funny that you ask that um,
0: well the reason I ask is because you've got very color-coded uh bookshelves
2: <laughs> I do you know what it just makes my heart happy and my husband thinks it is the most he just thinks it is the most impractical thing ever he's like i don't know how you can find anything i'm like i know exactly where it is i know what color i know i just am i'm visual like that so um, but yeah.
0: <laughs> he it. says that like people actually alphabetically order their books like who does that
2: exactly i don't know who does that to the so like, listen just let me be you do you i'm gonna do <laughs> my bookshelf
1: i like it like that
0: right no that's that's great there was uh i was I was doing a, a some video work for an inner game series my church was doing and one of the things was for the one if uh if you had organized your books based on the Dewey decimal system or by color. And so apparently that's a one thing. And so then I, I we 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 jump on here and I see like oh red, yellow, blue. Oh, your stuff's color coded. You could be a one.
2: <laughs> I, I um yeah, there've been times when I'm like huh? I really could be a one but then but then I look at the motivation and I'm like yeah I'm just have a lot of the characteristics but not the not the motivation
0: so right so when you're when you're looking for like when you talk about the other half mm-hmm. what exactly are you sharing like do you do you kind of really intentionally share other parts of your life on social media or in your blog or what is it that you're kind of like shedding light on? Uh, when you kind of unpack a little bit about the other half of life that isn't so highlightable.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, honestly, it's a lot of it is just kind of it's, it's nothing wild, it's nothing crazy. It's just the normal struggles that I think most people face, but a lot of us don't talk about because it. I don't know. It makes us feel like we're crazy or we're the only one or something. Like, like sometimes on our podcast, we'll talk about the most recent conflict that we've had or. Um, a lot of it's just kind of personal, like bumblings and failings in my own faith journey and my in my walk with God, things that I wrestle with. I so I mean, and a lot of this interesting was born out of the time that I started my blog when we were living abroad. I grew up in the church, um, had always like it really it was, it was always always had you know had a very solid foundation, um, and it wasn't probably until high school. And then college that i really feel like my faith became my own um and it was like okay i, I don't understand this but like i get redemption i get grace like this it's not just you know it's not just this thing that you learn when you're six years old and you're like oh yeah jesus died for my sins. and so um but then but then when we were living abroad it it became it was like being confronted for the first time of like there's a lot of really horrible awful things in this world suffering of children that I, it is really hard to reconcile this with a God that is sovereign and a God that's good and so mm-hmm. a lot of that I feel like is this stuff that that like you're if you walk if you walk with the Lord long enough you're gonna wrestle with him about that um and but uh but it's not I think I think some people it's, it's I think there's just some circles um the church being one of them that that's not always not really okay to talk about that in some mm. I think we're getting a lot better at it, but that's the kind of stuff that, that, yeah, that I kind of originally started talking about and that we, you know, we just continued the conversation of, hey, it's okay to, it's okay to really not know how you feel about this or what you think, or it's okay to, it's okay to wander and it's okay to ask questions. And, um, and, and then, you know, I, I tell people a little bit, another part of our faith journey coming out of that. We moved back from china and then pretty quickly we so we came back um and then the church that we had been a part of that we'd grown up going to they were launching a new um a new campus so we jumped on board for that because we kind of we had just gotten back from a year overseas and the, our church that we grew up going to it was kind of big it was hard to get connected kind of reconnected i guess and so we're like okay this might be a really good way to a church more in the area of the city that we were living in, um, really dive into that. And if anyone has ever been a part of a church plant, it is not for the faint of heart, and you um, <laughs> you do everything, yeah. And, um, and it was, I mean, we we're coming off of a season of just being completely poured out overseas and then jump into church planning, and so it was a wild ride. <laughs> and so probably- Whatever you
0: have left, let's pour that <laughs> out too.
2: All of it. So, a couple years into that, we just were—I think we were just at a pretty—we were at a pretty bad and burnout place, and we just kind mm-hmm. of we need to step back. But we both went away for a week. I did some pretty intensive individual counseling um, with a place called Onsite here in Tennessee, and in and so that season was like a really hard reset. And out of that. Um, we kind of just started we just we just took a little hiatus from church and then we just didn't go back for a while and we were like oh, <laughs> we're looking for a church and really what we were doing is we were just doing like the classic church hopping church shopping like approach yeah. from a very consumeristic standpoint um and we were like "Well, I don't like I don't like the worship leader but I don't like the pastor but I don't like this and it was just all very like it was just like I look back and I'm like I'm thankful for that season because of what God did in my heart but I look back and I'm like oh that's so gross I can't believe that I did that for that long and so anyways but that was a couple years that we just yeah we just kind of like weren't we were not connected we weren't plugged in we just were not um and honestly we were pretty I would say I, I'll speak for myself, but um just pretty stagnant in in my face really um but also but also realizing at the time it's like gotta know that you're gracious and you're kind and you are you're 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 not I'm not out, out you know, I'm not long gone. I'm not too far from your grasp, but but you know, you'll you'll be ready when I'm when I'm ready and when I when I kinda return from this from this strange season of wandering and um yeah. And so I think, and so that's some of it too, that I, I think people don't always have a, they just don't have a space to be like, you know, I grew up in this and I still want to believe it, but I'm having a hard time. This is what I can't reconcile. And then yeah. you know, it sucks with this. And um, so, yeah, I, I kind of, I'm getting like very much on a tangent, but yeah, that, <laughs> that, that to me is the other half that it's like, yeah, people don't really talk about, you know, kind of their Yeah, people just don't talk
1: about that that
0: happens well it kind of seems like at the root of it people in general just don't want to have uncomfortable conversations because i mean that's really what it is like if you know because we can kind of talk a little bit about you know being authentic on social media but the reality is we kind of have to be authentic in person first (laughs) and so um you know like you said you know, if you're having doubts or questions about something, whether it's your faith or whether it's your marriage or whether it's your purpose in life or whatever else, um, sometimes those honest, you know, it's like when people are like, hey, how are you doing? They don't want a real answer. Um, They want to hear that you're good and you're busy. And if you add too much more to it than that, like it, they're probably, they're not going to ask again. And so uh, I feel like that authenticity, if that's something that people are wanting to start, begin pursuing on their social media is like, that's something they actually have to be pursuing in real life offline first, yeah. which is just, it's just hard. Like they're, they're the uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations are uncomfortable, believe it or not. <laughs> and so it's hard.
2: And, yeah. Like you said, it they happen, they happen offline. They happen in real life. And that's why, um, I'm so passionate about, I love social media, but get off of it and go, go make girlfriends, get in real community. Um, I, my husband, every Thursday night, he hosts a poker night. Every other Thursday night, I host a wine night and I, I post on my Instagram. I'm like, Hey, come to my house. This is fun. But for me, that's part of like, let's get offline and let's actually get in person together because mm-hmm. it's really easy to, kind of feel like this counterfeit connection like you're like you're connected to a lot of people but it's like no we're actually not we're just like scrolling by double tapping liking this liking that but there's really no there's no connection there's no community in it there's no there's no authenticity and there's no accountability there and so Mm
1: -hmm.
2: um, yeah it's just i think i think social media for all of the great things it's brought it's also given us this sort of counterfeit connection that we think that we're connected with people where we're actually just kind of looking at each other's lives passing by and not actually interacting
0: right so why is it do you think that is that people struggle with that so much with that deeper connection
2: i think well first of all, I, think it's, I think it's uncomfortable and then i think too with the emergence of social media it's just easier to it's just easier to stay behind that i've talked to so many people in from, you know, throughout 2020, which was a wild year for everyone, and, and now that everyone's kind of emerging from that and things are opening back up, people are so hungry for connection and community, but realizing that it takes a lot of effort, and I wonder what your experience is with this as a five, Um, as an eight, I have a ton of energy, but I'm also pretty introverted, and so I have to, I have to put things on my calendar with people to Mm. house and to go be intentional i have to yeah you know rather than just being like oh yeah let's hang out sometime and then five years later it's like oh yep still haven't hung out with that person i have to actually text them and be like hey can you go to coffee on this day at this time or let's get together you know and do this on this day um and it's it's simple but it is it's it's hard I don't know I don't know and you know and I don't I don't ever want to say like I don't ever want people to think like the I'm I mean it's easy by saying it's simple because some of the simplest things that I do are the hardest like sitting my butt in the chair at five o'clock in the morning to get my you know to write my chapters it's very simple but it it doesn't mean that it's easy Um, (laughs) true I think connection and community building that it's it's pretty simple um but it's not easy and I think a lot of it I know, and this is so silly because I do this all the time. But I'm like, oh, this person's probably busy. The fact of the matter is, they're probably not. It's like last year in 2020, what were we all doing? We were all sitting in our houses. And I know that you know, people are so people are so Zoom fatigued out that they're like, I, I can't do any more FaceTime happy hours. They can't do any more Zoom. I get that. Um, but you know, we're in a place now that it's like pick up the phone, call somebody, go, go on a walk with them, meet them for coffee, meet them for lunch, meet them for drinks or something. Um, and, you know, or, you know, for me, it's like get out of bed and go to church on Sunday mornings. It's like now that everything went virtual and you still have that option, it's like, Oh, i will just sleep in. But there's something about going and being at church with physically being in a space with other people that yeah. is good for us. So good for our mental health. So good for our physical health. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I think it's just, it's, it's hard because you, um, you, what, what you, what you risk is that you showed up. And if you don't get that connection that you are longing for and that you're seeking, it almost, it's more painful than just, than just kind of not showing up at all and not even giving yourself. It's kind of like this self-sabotage situation that, mm-hmm. if, you know, if I, if I don't show up, then I, I won't, you know, get hurt or I won't you know feel left out or anything. Um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it can be, it can be a dark spiral that gets bad real fast.
0: Well, the, I think the irony is, is that we have so many more ways of connecting with people and it just doesn't seem to work that way. Um, you know what I mean? Because like, if you think about it, like, okay, like just for the sake of argument, I'm not suggesting this. But let's just say for example you couldn't grab coffee like you can still video call people on instagram like you can still literally see their face and while it is not the same thing um how else uh in like the last 10 years were you able to communicate with someone almost like it's in person from someone who was out of state or out of country or just just too busy to drive 20 minutes down the road or whatever you know what i mean like like when have we had that kind of opportunity to see people's lives on display to be able to communicate with them and talk to them in such a visual medium and, and yet we just we just don't do that and it's and it's funny because when you know when i like when i talk to marketers and business owners the reality is they're on social media but they're not always treating it like it's social you know what i mean it's just like a billboard for them but that's not how you have to use it like you can literally talk to a customer in another state and you didn't have to go to the state like that's crazy
2: yeah it really is it is wild because it's like you said it's right there it's so instant but but why is it that we feel disconnected and i think a lot of a lot of kind of what they call like um like in the therapy world kind of like these like diseases or disorders of connection like anxiety add depression all these things that are skyrocketing that really the the root of them goes it's a connection issue with themselves with other people and it's so um it is it's terribly ironic that in a world that we have the ability to connect so instantly in ways that we've never been able to before why do we have why are our depression anxiety ADD rates like why is that through the roof um, and yeah I mean not to minimize not to minimize the impact of 2020 and you know recent events in the world but it's also like we have the ability and at some point it falls back on us to mm. ourselves out there to reach out to other people um, and I mean I first and foremost am speaking to myself because I know, I know that I need to like there's, there's kind of rhythms in my life that I know that I need to have. I know that I need to exercise every day, whether it's just walk a mile with, you know, throw the kid in the stroller, go walk a mile. I know that I need to connect with people on a regular basis. There's just kind of some rhythms in my life, but it's, but they're also the easiest things to just kind of be like, Oh, I'm too busy. Oh, I'm too tired. I'm not going to do this. But the simple things are kind of what ground you and keep you connected and out of that space So anxiety, depression, um, just kind of like that general disconnection from people in life. So,
0: right. Well, I think on both a personal and a professional level, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this is you almost have to go to this place where you have to like schedule this kind of stuff. Like I, I'm, I'm historically terrible at connecting with people who I genuinely like and genuinely enjoy talking to. But because they're not in my circle of activity, I literally just don't ever talk to them. And it's not a purpose. It's not personal. Uh, it's just because of the fact that they're not you know, at the church where I'm going, or they're not where I'm working, or they're not at the coffee shop, like, I'm just not going to talk to them. And uh, there's no way to maintain a relationship. And I think even on the business end of things, it's like, okay, like, I'm a business, you know, and I'm sure you feel this way, too, because you, you have a business as well, that can be uh, broadcast online is like, you kind of think that you're going to go on Instagram, and have all these great conversations with people, but then you don't. Uh, like, like, you kind of expect it to happen naturally, but it doesn't really happen naturally. So then you're kind of like, okay, well then maybe I really do need to schedule like interaction time in my schedule. So, you know, from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. I'm going to get on Instagram and I'm not scrolling. I'm finding people on my follower list and I'm, I'm saying, hello, how are you doing? Uh, is there anything I can help you with? Um, how's your June going? Just anything. Because it like we, I think we really want it to happen organically, and it, it just doesn't work that way. So I don't know if it's if that's just me, I somehow doubt it. But I love to hear like what you've done when when like you like have you intentionally tried to reach out more, especially within your building your business, or you know have you had to schedule it? Like how have you managed that? Because that's a real that's a tough one. Yeah. Yes. Um.
1: It is. Oh, gosh. Yeah.
2: And and you know, kind of what you're saying is like. It's so convicting to me too because there's people like that in my life that like friends that i've had for 20 years now that it's like i love them and they live you know they live 20 minutes on the other side of town but i have not seen them or talked to them in longer than i would like to admit and it's really embarrassing yeah. it's like you don't go to my church i don't run into you at your grocery store down the street you know and so um for me again like it's simple, but that doesn't mean that it's easy for me. I, um, I, a lot of what I have done recently, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm on a, I'm on a campaign to bring this back. Just talking about <laughs> people, people get so weirded out. Like they just won't answer their phone anymore if you call. It's like send a text message, but don't like no, I'm not gonna like answer the phone. And so it's funny. Um, but one of my friends, Kelsey, she just recently moved back to Nashville um, from Colorado. But we actually met through we met through Instagram. Um, this was like five or six years ago when um, we were both kind of initially starting our blogs and met. We got coffee in real life, and then she moved to Colorado quickly, pretty soon after. But we stayed friends, talked on the phone. I mean, probably every other week for the last five years. And um, oh wow, moved back. Yeah, and so she was one of those friends. But she was the only friend that I had that I would talk to on the phone. And it was kind of like, well, how else are we going to talk if we? You know, we don't talk on the phone, but um,
1: yeah,
2: I'm on a campaign to bring this back because I um, I've just found that it it's that's a that's an easy way to connect with people. I can call someone. I've got a 15 minute drive to work. I'll call you on my way home, check in. Yeah, going? Um, it doesn't have to be anything. Um, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. And this, I was talking to my husband about this the other day, and I was like, I'm kind of embarrassed that I'm making this correlation, but you'll, I think you might appreciate it because you're in the marketing space. But it's almost like, um, like how many impressions you have to make on somebody before they're gonna mm. buy, before they're gonna buy, and it's almost yeah. like you just have to continue like showing up and reaching out to people and inviting them, being like, hey, can you go get coffee tonight? Hey, come to wine night, or call them and it goes to voicemail so many times, and then, um, and and that's I don't know. I wish that it wasn't. I wish it didn't seem so so much. I don't know. I wish it didn't seem so difficult, but it's not it's simple, but it's just like, you just got to show up and do it. You got to, you got to call people. And when you say, let's hang out, actually follow up on it. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's nothing like, it's nothing revolutionary. I think it's just, um, and then I think there's an element too. I was talking to my sister-in-law recently. Um, and, and she was kind of just talking about being in a, just being in a hard place, not a ton of community, um, just from 2020 and COVID and both her and her husband working from home and I was like okay Jess listen you you know on every Monday at 10 a.m you're gonna call me and we're just gonna we're just gonna catch up for 30 minutes hour however long we have and then on Wednesday you're gonna call our other sister-in-law Cassie and y'all are gonna check up you know and then on Friday you're gonna pick someone else and call them and I was like it's simple and I was like Monday's gonna roll around and you're just gonna want to put it off or you know not you know just not do it or whatever but I was like we're going, you know, we're going to do this. And then, you know, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, go on a walk, take your dog out, go, you know, go on a walk with your friend, whatever. And it's just simple rhythms like that. I think of reaching out and connecting with people that it's not, you don't have to, it doesn't take a lot of time, but it takes intentionality, which I think can be, ends up being the stumbling block for people and just kind of the biggest hurdle to get over.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, I mean, it's like you said before, it's not that like any of this is rocket science, but you know, I also know for a fact, we're also not the only two people on planet earth who have struggled with this either. And so, you know, whether it's your personal life or whether it's your business, the reality is, is the, the building blocks of relationship building are pretty simple. Um, and yet, uh, here we are struggling with it. And, um, you know, if, if if business didn't struggle with it they would all be growing like crazy if people didn't struggle with it they would have vibrant communities yeah. uh but the reality is is we often find ourselves in a place where that's not true and uh there's a part of it the the the, the most annoying part is this that it's a simple answer <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah
2: it's like I, I almost wish that it was really complicated and unattainable and that it was like some elusive thing out there that it's like yeah oh, i really, want to really do this but pretty simple
0: um yeah you just yeah so when it comes to like the brand that you're building right now what are some things that you have done to like really stand out in the marketplace because surely you are not the only one talking about lifestyle or authenticity or family life um so what is it that you do that really helps you stand out and and put that little twist on right because you know the, the podcast is Death Vanilla, so it's just kind of this idea that like if your thing is the same as someone else's thing, then you you know no one's going to find you. And so, what have you done to really like stand out and find your place in the world?
2: Uh, so, I a couple things. First, I would say well, I, I hope this is true. I hope I'm not like falsely elevating myself, but I uh, <laughs> my, my love and my passion is writing. Um, And so, you know, I have a podcast, I, you know, do, you know, post on social media, but what I love the most is writing. And I hope that I can write a hundred books before I die. Um, And so for me, it's kind of, you know, I've dabbled a little bit over the years. I've done some blog collaborations. I've done social media campaigns and like, and sometimes it's like, okay, that's what pays, you know, that's what pays the bills. That's what pays for this. And, and there is a place for that, but part of, part of it for me too, I think is just keeping my eye on the prides of like, I know I, I want to write books. That's what I'm, that's what I'm good at. That's what I'm passionate about. Um, and finally, fast forward, you know, six years after launching my blog, I just landed a publishing contract um, a couple months back with a dream publisher. I have mm-hmm. an agent kind of one of those things that it was like, okay, God, like you have been really faithful through this whole thing. You asked me to show up and 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 do do what you gifted me to do which is right and um you know be a faithful steward of it put in the work um and wait for the right opportunity in the right time and and you finally brought that along so i would say one of it is i feel like i i've kind of stayed true to the course which it feels bad and i actually um I had a phone call last week with, um, with someone who was putting together an online summit and wanted me to speak and be part of it. And, um, and you know, everyone that kind of participates in it, you know, they'll, they'll have their own little 30 minute snippet and then they'll have their way that you can get on their email list and you know, put them through your marketing campaign on them as a client, whatever. And I was just like, listen, I don't. I, I speak and I, I do workshops, but I was like my, I'm working on a book right now and that's my bread and butter. And I'm not trying to, you know, I, I, you know, it's hard cause you see the value and it's like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, engaged people that, you know, would be that you to get on your email list. That's, that's, that's important. But at the same time, it's also like just having to remind yourself that it's like, you can't say yes to everything. And so mm-hmm. say yes to, um, just say yes to the things that actually are going to, are going to, I don't know. Cause kind of like we talked about, it's like in the entrepreneur world, you can spread yourself so thin and be good at a lot of things, but not really, but not great at one thing. And so, um, yeah, just, just trying to, I think that's one thing I, I would hope that set me apart is that my, my focus and my love, and I think my gifting is in writing and it's not in podcasting or having a youtube channel or all these other things um even though sometimes they go along um and then i think the other thing too is um in this world kind of in this world of authenticity and this is where it gets kind of strange with social media um there's a lot of there's a lot of i think kind of false vulnerability and authenticity that you see out there. And I i don't say false in the sense that people are meaning to be deceptive or malicious or anything, but I think that vulnerability and authenticity first happens in community and in connection. And I think, you know, that can be within your marriage, that can be within your family, within a small group of people, your friends, your neighbors, um, kind of the people that you do life with. Yeah. And it's, and it's easy to kind of like we were just talking about it's really easy to have this kind of counterfeit connection Mm. You haven't actually shown up authentically or shown up vulnerably in your life but you're trying to do it on social media and so it's coming across as kind of like not i don't know it's not it's not it's not the real thing um because it that's not something i think that's supposed to happen on social media it you can there can be a really lovely byproduct from it that you offer that encourages other people but i think um for me i'm not the kind of person i don't really post like if i post something that's you know pretty honest and and a little bit hard it's never it's never real time in the moment i've i've dealt with whatever Mm. i've kind of i've done the work whether it you know whether it's with my spouse whether it's you know sat my butt on the therapist couch and talked through something um, yeah. or kind of lived it out and worked out. I just, I don't post a whole lot in real time because to me, that's the time that it's like, I don't need to be turning outward to people that just like, like know who I am. I need to turn inward to the people that, you know, that are holding me accountable to who, to who I am and to who I, who I want to be and who are going to encourage me. Um, And kick my butt at times when i need that um rather than yeah because i because i think social media it's such a funny world i mean it can be it's brutal like people are awful but it's also the place that you can just go there and get away with just feeling good about yourself and feeling like you're doing fine and you don't need to do any kind of personal work or you don't have any you know it's one of those places that you can kind of you can kind of you slide by in life and um, and kind of get off the hook for maybe some some places that you need to do some work, but um, right, but yeah. So I would hope that that those are things that set me apart. Um, just that I would hope that my authenticity you can replace of having processed and having done the work offline before putting it online, and then um, right. and then just kind of like keeping my eye on the on one thing, which is I'm a writer. And that's what I want to be good at. That's what I love doing. Um, so,
0: yeah. Well, you're much nicer than I am, because I actually do feel like some people are purposely being a <laughs> crappy people uh, online. And uh, but part of that is because like, and, and I don't mean like bad as a person. Yeah. Um, what I mean is they're using authenticity as a tactic yeah. rather than being authentic. And so it's like, you and and it feels you can kind of tell and I don't know how, but like, you go on there, I I think it's because and and you and I talked about this in our uh, getting acquainted call, where it's like, they share something that's like a little not appropriate to be shared online. And so then you're like, Okay, so then did you just read a post about authenticity, and then decide to share something Horribly personal, yeah. um, because you're looking for a reaction. Yes, yes. you know what I mean. Yeah. it's like, kind um, like factor. Kind of yes.
2: Like, oh, I don't know that that was totally appropriate or necessary. Or yeah, yeah, I I agree. It, it's it's a it's a strange world. It's like with all the all the great things that social media has given us, it's also opened up this platform for people to just really I, I feel like on some level inappropriately share it's like that yeah need to be broadcasted to the whole world you can talk about that within your circle of people but maybe not, maybe not
0: well i think the 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 tactic if you will that you shared i think is genius which is you don't share it in real time you share it in retrospect um because there's a difference between Um, there's, how do I say this? There's a difference between, uh, sharing something and being honest about how hard it really was and sharing something in a moment of hurt. Yeah. Because usually, I mean, like, let's be honest. I mean, just with our interactions with other human beings, like in family or friends, when you're hurt, you usually say something in a way that you didn't really intend. Right, Whether it was hurtful for the other person or you accused someone or you said something a little too far about like yourself, like too personal or what have you, that ends up like you end up apologizing for something at some point when you start talking out of hurt as opposed to retrospect. And so I think that's so wise what you were talking about, which is like have a moment to let it sit, work through it, whether it's with someone else, like you said, with a therapist or whether it's something where you just need to like cool off. And I think that's where that, that ends up becoming like really uncool is where you get those people. And I, and I see this a lot on Twitter actually, because of the fact it's text-based where like, you would not believe the thing that I just saw. And they're just, a, they're just so mad and heated. And they just kind of come across as like a negative Nancy, because at the end of the day, they're just kind of like getting heated and sharing. And it comes across as like out of control and uh, unnecessary and abrasive, all of which things that as a company you wouldn't want to be known for, and personally probably don't want to be known for either. So, taking that time. So, I love what you said about that just being wise and taking time to like settle down, process, have some retrospect, and then be brave enough to share how uh, it actually was.
2: Yeah, well, and kind of like you said, you know, sharing things. In- like in the moment when you're hurt i I think about it in the sense that it's like i get really frustrated with my husband i it's like it's anger it's frustration it's emotion in that moment but if i can like if i can even just shut my mouth for five minutes and like take a deep breath and it's like okay i can actually come back to him and say you know what i'm really feeling is i'm really feeling sad, or I'm feeling scared, or, you know, I'm feeling whatever way, rather than just reacting out of this emotion, and, and when it's in retrospect, it's more, it's more thoughtful, and it's actually more, I think it's more accurate, um, yeah, you know, I was, I've, I've followed this influencer for a while, and, um, she has just been getting just destroyed recently, because she went dark for a while on social media um and you know came out i don't know six eight months later and was just like yeah it's been the hardest eight months of my life Uh, my husband and i separated and now we're getting divorced and Mm -hmm. people have just been like people have been some people have been really kind and really supportive and then other people have just been awful in the sense that it's like you know just kind of like really crucifying her for living this like influencer life of sharing real life in real time. And it's like, okay, yeah, maybe like she did make money off of sharing, you know, real things in real time, but also she's human. And so give her like, give her a minute and good for her for taking time off and not broadcasting everything in the moment. You know, I get that some people feel like, oh, you were, we were lied to, you know, we thought that your life was perfect and it's not. And, um, but I, <laughs> You there's, I mean, like I know it's hilarious. It's like okay, yeah. y'all obviously you you know look at your own life, um but but yeah, I don't know. I think I just it's it, social media has again not to like beat a dead horse. It's given us so many great things, but that's one yeah, of that people can lose perspective on, and you know it's like actually maybe we need to get offline and process things, walk through things. And then come back and in retrospect, whether retrospect is two days later, two weeks, two years later, whatever it is, um, come to it. Because then we're, we're, it comes from a more metered, thoughtful, um, a more grounded way rather than just kind of inflamed in the moment of hurt or emotion.
1: Right. So,
0: yeah. How else, like what other, like. I call these things tactical things of like, oh, like I'm going to wait X amount of time before I say something. What other things do you think people should do uh, that you've done or you've heard of people do that um, really help someone be authentic online, whether it's a brand or a personal brand or just a human being in general? Um, What are some ways that you can share authentically? and in a, a in a good way.
2: Uh, I think in the personal space, I'm a huge advocate for um, for counseling, and I don't think I mean you have to go to like some crazy like week long intensive thing. Like you could just see a therapist for a couple months, you know, in a season of life. But I think that we all have we have so many life experiences, and so many people have had traumatic experiences that it's just helpful to have someone unpack those with you and that can help you show up in a more authentic way mm. interestingly what I've, what I've seen a lot of times and i don't think people again i don't think people do this from a malicious intent but you're like when you see them do it it's like oh that's not that's not great but i think people end up in a in a endeavor to be authentic they end up kind of like causing secondary trauma to people. And, and I'll mm. myself out on this. Um, you know, I'm an eight. And so sometimes I just get bored. And so, you know, if we're at the dinner table at my parents' house and, like, you know, one of my sisters is annoying me or I don't know, if we're just somewhere in the conversation, it's a little... I'll tell some really outrageous story about this patient that I took care of, or this thing, this person that walked in the ER with this injury, or something like that, or something that someone did, something that someone said that's just like shocking. And um, and and yeah, it's funny and it's gross and it's humorous and it's you know, it's all the things. But really but yeah. so really when I look at it and reflect on it, I'm like, I said that I shouldn't have told that story then, or I said that. That was more of my deal. Like I should not have, I should not have done that in that moment. And I think a lot of times people can unintentionally, it's not, it's not as social media is not a space to unpack your trauma. It's not, it's not a, (laughs) it's not a good sounding board. It's It's like, go, it's like, go spend some time in prayer, go spend some time with the Lord, go see a good therapist, go like get, get in real community. Um, But I think, I think that's one thing that, that can happen. People mean well to like share an experience that other people have been through but it kind of like secondarily causes trauma to people um like i saw so much, it made me really sad i saw this mom she made up she was she posted about sids because she had a this is this has been like five years ago now but she had a, her seven-month-old died um of sids mm. and, like horrible tragic um but the post as i was reading it i'm like my heart starts racing as a mom I like start sweating I'm like oh my gosh like my kids gonna die of SIDS tonight and um, uh. and realizing that it was like I don't think that she meant anything awful about this but yeah any other mom of an infant is gonna read this post and go off the deep end um and so yeah I think people they don't mean it maliciously but it's like you haven't really dealt with this counselor or with Jesus or you know in whatever relationship it's just coming out on social media in a way that's kind of traumatizing other
1: people Um,
0: right Well, I think that's super smart. I mean, like, cause I, I don't want to open up a, a totally different can. Um, but you know, like when we look at something like, uh, you know, cancel culture, where you're essentially like one off color comment from being just eradicated, uh, which, you know, you know, cancel culture was hopefully initially started with good intentions, but it has since been abused in my most humble opinion. Um, and so, uh unfortunately it it, now what it means is anything that anyone says that lots of people disagree with gets cancelled as opposed to you know dealt with in some sort of humane fashion it's like blair witch pro you know, not blair witch project that's a horror movie like like the uh what am i thinking uh well like yeah i guess there it is the blair witch burnings right um where they would just hunt people down and burn them because they thought they might be a witch um but you know it's the same kind of thing that's happening on social media and so but you got to be conscious of that as a business and as a human being and um you know so taking some time to not like you said process your your trauma online and things of that nature because you are putting yourself at risk uh, of creating situations um you know and just being thoughtful of the other people too like you said i'm there's I would find it hard to imagine that the lady wrote that post with the intention at any level, or even thought that that was possible. And you certainly can't think through every outcome, right? It's like when you give your kid a name, you don't know how what what names the other kids are gonna make fun of them with. Like, you can't think of all of them. Kids are more creative, especially when they wanna hurt other kids. And so, <laughs> but you know, I think the same thing happens online where we forget that um what we say matters and has an impact on other people and we got to think about that too um and uh, you know obviously you you can almost get yourself in a space where you can't say anything because yeah. something is going to offend someone or hurt someone or trigger them and, and i don't want to belittle that at all um but like you said that post made you freak out And that was never the intention. So I just think this, like, I think kind of where we're landing is just like this mindfulness about social media, mindfulness in the sense that treat it with respect, uh, treat it as a place where you can be authentic and show up real, but also just being mindful of the fact that what you say has an impact, um, it matters. And that in an attempt to Uh, do something good. You can accidentally do something bad. And so just taking that wisdom and that time to process um, rather than hurrying up and posting uh, both for a business uh, and for a person can, you know, can prevent you from getting what you're working so hard to build totally taint. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, and like you said, with cancel culture. Yeah. I think, I think it probably started out with good intention, but it's, it's, off the rails and i think on some level too we would all do well to be a little bit more gracious towards people with Mm -hmm. they say and now there are some things that are completely obscene and it's like okay that's just that's just there's a there's a right and wrong component but then there's some of it that it's like someone's opinion like let them let them have their opinion you know let them have free speech um but but you know i think that there's I think in general, it's really sad to me. Um, there was a couple really specific things that I that happened in 2020 that I remember seeing people, you know, kind of in the online space post something that was insensitive. It wasn't like mm. egregious what they said, but it was just insensitive, and and how people just crucified them for it, and and a couple different responses. One of the one was the CEO of a company here in Nashville, um, and uh, and he and he came back and, and tried to sincerely apologize. And it was so painful. But it was like, I, I think he was a 40-year-old man that had probably never apologized for anything in his life before. And so he was trying to sincerely do it and really sucking at it. But people were just like, just destroying him, even though mm-hmm. he was trying to be sincere. And that made me really sad because I was like, okay, here's this guy who like, yeah, he said something that was really rude and insensitive, but now he's trying to say that he's sorry. I and mean, he's really sucking at it because he's probably never done it before in his life. And I, who knows how he grew up? Who knows? Like,
1: you know, yeah. how
2: his mentors in business have been, maybe he's just never had it modeled for him, but rather than just like completely canceling him and just like ruining his reputation and his business, like maybe say like, Hey, you know what? let's give you some skills, some tools on like how to sincerely apologize and maybe how to be more thoughtful and tactful in the future with what you post instead of just like canceling you completely. Um, and then there was another one, um, the CrossFit CEO, uh, or the former one. And he said something and then just like doubled down on it. And that's another thing too, that it's like when people double down, it's like maybe have a little humility that it's like, maybe I am wrong or maybe what I, did say was really offensive to people even though I did not intend for it to be right but I think also as an audience too we could be a little bit more gracious with people that like everyone's a work in everyone's a work in progress and it and cancel culture is a little bit scary these days in the sense that it's like you know these college kids are posting things online and like I mean I would have posted stupid things online when I was 18 too if I had Instagram when I was in college but it's like you know they're not getting jobs when they graduate because it's like this one time this one kid tweeted this one thing and yeah forever and always like they're not going to get a job at this company and this corporation whatever and so i think that there's a lot of space for us to have grace and an understanding that people grow and change and that people they say they say stupid ignorant things um maybe they know better maybe they don't um hmm. but yeah i don't know i think there could be a lot more a lot more kindness and compassion for people in the cancel culture world because we've all done really stupid things some of them have just been more public um, than others so
0: yeah well yeah i think uh i think you're onto something there i think just in general like I, i guess the thing that i just keep coming back to when we have this conversation is just make sure that you're modeling whatever you wanna have happen online in real life. And so if you're having difficulty being authentic online, it might be because you're having difficulty being authentic in person. Uh, If you're having trouble building relationships online, it could be because you're having trouble building relationships in real life. And so I think just starting with like, the the you know the inner circle if you will of your life to be able to just start there and build out and i think at that point you get yourself in in a place where you're a lot healthier so when you are a solopreneur or if you're a marketer inside of a company then you show up a much more whole um, healthy person in which case the work that you do ends up becoming better as well and and let's be honest you know you know, business is based almost entirely on relationships. And so you being a healthy, whole, good person, uh, that's got good relationships is only going to be a benefit. It may not help you figure out how to run the most optimized Facebook ad, but at the end of the day, um, that's only one of many, many strategies to build and grow and stand out. So yeah, just keeping that in mind. That's, that's my takeaway, at least from what you've shared today. So I appreciate that. So cool. Well, hey, well, thank you so much for being on the show. Really, really appreciate it. We're wrapping up on time here. And so if you could just give uh, people on, uh, online, just a little shout out to where they can find you. Obviously we'll have uh, stuff in the show notes, comments, or what not uh, as far as social media and handles and stuff like that, of where you want people to find you. But yeah, just give a little shout out where people can find you and what they can learn about you
1: i am on
2: instagram at meredith w boggs and then my website is meredithwboggs.com um if you're a facebook person it's linked on my website um we can connect there as well so yeah that's that's where i'm at that's where you can find me and um thank you so much for
1: having me today
0: awesome well it was my pleasure so thank you for being on Wanna cause no
1: problems. I just wanna live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. Me or my don't say mobsters, but you know when you see imposters. We know how to read them faces saying, we you know how
0: to read them comments. If you wanna talk, let's talk. But around right here, make sure your walk and you talk is constant. Thank you so much for watching this episode of the Death of Vanilla Podcast. Now, if you made it this far, I'm guessing you probably heard something that was inspiring or helpful, and we would love to hear about it. So if you could drop that information in the comments or shoot me an email, Steven at Burkhart CreativeAgency.com That would go a long way to helping us choose guests and create content that really bring you value. Now, Instagram is my favorite social media platform, but I'm sure you have yours. And so we encourage you to find us On your favorite platform so that you have a chance to learn more about marketing that can help you out now they say a rising tide rises all boats so we ask that you would like subscribe and follow us so that way the traffic that we get to our channel helps all the guests that have been on our traffic is their traffic and that helps everybody out and it's super easy to do so if you could rate us like us add us follow us whatever you need to do to help us out, that will go a long way. So we appreciate you and hope to catch you on the next episode of the Death of an Pop.